Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. Well, welcome back to Coast to Coast. Richard Smoley with us. Richard, many civilizations have talked about themselves being in end times, and uh, this culture, this civilization is no different. What's your take on end times prophecy? Well, I would say, are we in, in the end times? Well, every age is the end of an age, uh, but is, does this mean that the world is completely going to be convulsed and someone is going to come down and save us? Um, not in this particular way, in this particular time. Um, one thing about end times is there's a psychological uh, concept called displacement. And displacement is you are afraid of something. You're really afraid. And uh, you don't want to face this fear. So you displace it, as it were, onto something else, a little something that's a little bit more uh, easy mm-hmm. to manage and handle. Now, it is the case that with you and me and everyone who is listening now, your world is going to end in a few decades at the most. Uh, we all know this. Your, your world is going to end. Uh, and it might be tomorrow, it might be 50 years from now. I don't know. Thanks a lot, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I hope in your case it's 50 years from now at the, at the earliest, but um, no one knows. Um, and, but in any case, this is a very disturbing thing. And a lot of people, and, and this is the role the end times of apocalypse has played, I think, in much of human thought, uh, we don't really want to face that. So, on the other hand, we kind of know it's there. So we've created this story about this end times that are coming for everybody uh, real soon. Uh, some people will, um, you know, create these dates uh, on the most absurd uh, premises. Um, and it's a way of deflecting our own attention from our own mortality. Because, yeah, your world is going to come to an end. My world is going to come to an end very soon. But facing that purely is very hard. And facing it in this more remote way of, well, somehow uh, Jesus is going to come down and everybody's going to be raptured up and their cars are going to crash on the Dallas highways mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, that's, uh, uh, you know, we know it's not going to happen that way. But believing it will happen that way kind of makes the real thing a little bit easier to bear. Sure. So that that is one of the main um, psychological impetuses of the end times. Uh, that doesn't mean that all of the crises and, you know, climate change and whatever, that, that doesn't mean that those things aren't happening. Uh, it means that this kind of notion of apocalypse is a way of dealing with our own death. Oh, by the way, when you die, I guess we all sort of feel, you die alone, which is unpleasant. Uh, it's kind of disturbing. The idea that everybody's going to go together, we'll all go together when we go, is at least a little more comforting. So that is one of the chief psychological uh, drives behind the notion of end times. Do you believe in prophecy, Richard? No. You, you don't. Tell me no. why. Why not? Because none of the prophecies have come true. Well... 
Um, the only prophecy that I've ever known that has come true uh, was in some of the native traditions where they were talking about earth changes. And, you know, 30, 40 years ago, they were talking about major earth changes, and people laughed at them and said, well, this could never happen and whatnot. Um, and some of these earth changes are happening. Uh, those, you know, Native Americans, um, indigenous people did predict something like that, and they are coming true. Uh, are they coming true in exactly the way they were forecast? Mm, not, not exactly, but something like that is happening. Um, all the others uh, simply haven't come true. Uh, and that includes a lot of prophecies in the Bible. Uh, like, for example, let's take, you know, people want to take the Bible literally. Okay, let's take the Bible literally. Let's look at what is called the apocalyptic discourse, or the little apocalypse, uh, in Matthew chapter 24, Mark chapter 13, Luke chapter 21. They're all versions of the same thing. And if you read them literally, Let's talk about reading the Bible literally. They predict, according to them, Jesus predicts a Roman invasion of Judea with a sack of the temple, uh, and this all happened. It did happen. That's true. Uh, on the other hand, it also predicts that very soon after this, like almost immediately, the end of the world is coming, which it did not do. Cats went on, as they say, having kittens. So, yeah, the temple in Jerusalem was sacked, the Jews were dispersed, and, you know, we can read the history books, but the world didn't end. And that's if you read the Bible literally. I, I, you know, as I say, uh, people want to read the Bible literally except when um, it kind of makes them squirm. There are other biblical predictions that didn't uh, come true uh, in the Old Testament and whatnot. Um, and, as I say, if you're going to take the Bible literally, well, you better face the fact that a lot of things it said was going to happen didn't happen. Uh, I wrote a book about Nostradamus a few uh, years ago uh, at the prompting of my good friend Mitch Horowitz, as a matter of fact, who you mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. And that's the same thing about Nostradamus' prophecies. They were either extremely vague or the few very specific things he predicted, for the most part, simply didn't come true. So, no, I don't believe in prophecy, and that's why. Is it because the prophets are always wrong, or what is it? Well, they're not right enough have you put any faith in them. Um, so when someone says prophecy, well, I don't know. There's so many prophecies that turned out to be wrong. I don't have any particular reason to take them seriously. If they were 100% wrong, you could almost uh, believe in the opposite, but <laughs> they're not even 100% wrong. So, um, no, uh, we don't understand the future well enough. And we understand the future well enough as human beings to be upset by it. Uh, because, you know, your dog doesn't really know too much about the future, except in the very, uh, very, very uh, primitive sense. My dog is no smarter than that, so I'm not putting your dog down. Um, um, we can kind of foresee the future. Um, and we know two things about the future. Part of it is that the future does kind of go along some kind of line of trends that we can see happening now. And there are these disruptions, these uh, sudden things, these catastrophes that come out of nowhere. We know that about that. Now, 
if you go about futurology, you know, economic prediction and forecasts and whatnot, um, all they do is they just say, well, if current trends continue, X, Y, and Z will happen. Except, of course, they know <laughs> that current trends don't continue. There are these dislocations. Now, the other side is the prophet who predicts these dislocations. And it's all about these dislocations. Um, I was reading today about Antonio Conceiro, uh, on his mad prophet in Brazil in the 19th century. Uh-huh. And um, it's a fascinating story. But, um, you know, he's sort of, well, all the, the shore, all the sea will come onto the land, and all the land will come into the sea, uh, which struck me remarkably like some of Nostradamus's prophecies, by the way. Well, these things, these cataclysms, these upheavals, they do happen, except somehow they never really quite happen the way the prophets sort of said they would. So, no, I don't believe in prophecy. Interesting. Now, there seems to be a lot of anguish on this planet these days, Richard. There probably always has sadness, trouble. What do you think the root cause is for that? Well, let's go back to theology, which is, after all, one of the things my book is about. Let's go back. Let's, let's, let's take the book of Genesis even somewhat literally. Okay. Let's cast it in this one. Let me tell you, put it in the form of a story. This man and this woman went to God one day, and they said, Hey, Lord, we heard that there's this thing called good and evil, and it sounds like kind of neat, and we kind of want to try it. And God said, No, I, I really don't suggest you do that. And they said, Oh, come on, we want to. And God said, All right, well, if you really want to, uh, but you're going to have to descend into a realm where you're going to have to work hard for a living and where it hurts to have babies. And that is the story of Genesis. Man ate of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. That is, man wanted to know good and evil. Uh, and yeah, we, you have to work hard for a living. It hurts to have babies, according to every woman I've ever talked to, including my own wife. Um, we wanted to know good and evil, so we got it. And I'm going to say one thing infallibly without any fear of refutation about you, myself, and everybody else who's listening to this. You have known some good and some evil in your life. We all have known good and evil. That, according to the book of Genesis, which is not literally true, but in this deeper symbolic sense is true, is what we have. We wanted to know good and evil, and that's what we got. Uh, Now, there is a huge... If you want to go further into this, there's a huge thing. Some people say this, is, and traditional Christianity is like this. It's this is a horrible mistake. Somebody really blew something. Someone did something wrong. Uh, and the other side of it is like certain views, like that of Theosophy, and I'm a member of the Theosophical Society. That this was unnecessary. We we descended into materiality to learn, uh, well, to gain certain lessons from it. And, uh, so some people will say this is a horrible fault. Some people will say, well, this is just a necessary process of learning that we had to evolve. And I would be very, very cautious, cautious in the extreme, about saying which of those two possibilities is the case. Yet people just don't seem happy. Uh, well, we wanted to know good and evil. And part of the thing about evil is um, you don't know when it's coming. If you know when it was coming, so people aren't happy. 
Um, now, of course, in Miracles, says, well, uh, there is a way back. And without getting, we can go into as many details as you like, um, but, but one way back, or the chief way back, is forgiveness. Um, you could even see it in terms of what people sometimes say when they um, forgive one another. They say, this never happened. At a certain level, a certain level of reality, this didn't happen. On the level that we're talking about, that we believe in, to the exclusion of anything else, that is to say, you know, uh, the material realm, yeah, well, it did happen. But the more you can set that aside, the more you can say, uh, no, this just, this isn't the ultimate reality. Uh, the more you can forgive others, uh, the more you'll be able to set aside this view of the world. And the people who are, if you want to say, why are people unhappy? Well, the most the people who are most happy, in my experience, are the ones who are the most forgiving, the ones who are the most loving, the ones who are most able to put their grievances beside them, quite apart from whatever um, misfortunes may or may not occur to them. Are you hopeful for a good resolution to this planet? Ultimately. Um, and Sooner than later, I trust? Uh, time is a funny thing. Um, but the idea is, and that's one of the things my book talks about, and one of the things, of course, in Miracles says, the minute humanity wanted, let's put it this way, made this mistake, the answer was immediately given. So in the end, the answer is given. Oh, what is the answer? Everybody's off the hook. You're, uh, nobody's condemned. There's no hell. A free ride. What? A free ride, huh? Yeah. Um, because you wanted to know good and evil and you went into this realm, but that really ultimately is not where it is. You're all off the hook. And the only way you can know you're off the hook is to forgive everybody else, to know that they're off the hook too. Uh, and the faster you get that message, uh, the faster you will be happier, the faster the earth will be happier, uh, the faster um, life will seem a little bit more, shall we say, the way it should be. Mm -hmm. uh, and you can, there's free will in that. You can detain that. You can put that off as much as you can want, um, um, but you can't put it off uh, without having it continue to make you miserable. What makes you what what makes you think, Richard, that we will have a hopeful ending to all of this? Um, because this world, well, of course, in miracles, and I agree with you, by the way, uh, the world, uh, of course, in miracles, is a very profound work, and uh, uh, it's it's extraordinarily tempting to quote it, um, and I will. Uh, the world, it says, the world will end in laughter because it is a place of tears. Um, God didn't set this up. To go back to my little myth, God didn't set this up. We wanted to know what this good and evil, in, in uh, uh, terms of A Course in Miracles, we wanted to know what it'd be like to live without God. Uh, we got our wish, and this is what it's like. This is why people are not happy. This is why everything seems so awful. This is why everything seems to uh, screw itself up, despite the best intentions of everyone, and all of the cures and um, policies and whatnot, um, because of that. Um, 
What is the, the message of Christianity? Is to love and forgive. This the basic message is in the Gospels, and this was given uh, two thousand years ago. And the fundamental message is true. It was it's been um, obscured by a lot of theology in the the meantime that I believe is incorrect. But if if you behave in a loving, kind, forgiving way, uh, you have a lot lot better chance of being happy than if you go the opposite route and um, just uh, stew in your grievances. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.